0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI Guys.
1: Hello and welcome back to the OTI podcast. Myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you the show yet again. It is the Super Bowl preview. We've waited all season long for this one and we're down to one final game remaining to see who takes it all home from Santa Clara, California, Levi Stadium, home of the 49ers it is the carolina panthers against the denver broncos and we're gonna be talking all about it on today's show starting off the show as always thanks for listening thanks for tuning in hopefully you're going to enjoy this one we're gonna be joined by ted sunquist former denver broncos general manager he was uh, in that position for six seasons we're gonna be talking to him about the denver broncos obviously coming up in this his thoughts on the panthers his thoughts on john elway and so on and so forth really looking forward to getting him on the show couple of promotions to tell you about before we start talking about the big game we have a super bowl competition coming up this week last year we ran it with them it's kind of an annual thing now the last two seasons ran a competition with footballamerica.co.uk they provide uh, everything from cleats to shoulder pads to girdles anything else you need for playing the game of american football i know there's a lot more teams in ireland uh, the uk and throughout europe over the last three or four years and uh, they are one of the leading providers of all that equipment definitely worth checking out their site, football america dot co. UK. they're on twitter at football america but uh they have now started also providing nfl jerseys uh hoodies so on and so forth all the nfl merchandise can be found on their site as well the competition this week is going to be for two separate prizes usually we just do one prize they've been generous enough this time we're going for two prizes there's a 70 pound gift voucher for the main winner well I suppose we'll let uh, the main winner decide which one they want but the 70 pound gift voucher to use on their online store as you wish and uh, the second prize then is a super Super Bowl 50 Junior Football, a really nice football, the Super Bowl 50 logo on it. um, There are two great prizes. It is footballamerica.co.uk. All you have to do is go to our Twitter handle, that is at Overtime Ireland. uh, Give the competition tweets a retweet. There is no limit on the amount of entries. There will probably be six or seven tweets over the weekend. Get entering. The more times you enter, the more chances you have to win. So keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland. A little thank you from us and thanks again to Football America for getting involved with the competition. The other little promotion we're going to do is from a betting perspective, a lot of people will be putting a little bit of money on the Super Bowl to make it a little bit more interesting. Everyone who listens to the show knows I like to bet on a very regular basis on the NFL, but um, you know the Super Bowl, people are getting interested in all sorts of prop bets and so on, but... Our friends over at Paddy Power are hooking up with us and uh, there'll be more details on the Twitter handle over the weekend. At the moment, it looks like we're going to have a shot at 4-1 to one on the Carolina Panthers on the money line, which means they lift the Lombardi Trophy. A lot of people that aren't familiar with betting will hear about against the spread, uh, you know, the handicap at the moment in around five and a half, six 6 points of a difference between both teams. With this, uh, if you fancy the Panthers, you don't have to worry about them winning by more than 5 points, more than 6 points. All you have to do is back them on the money line, get that 4-1 to money much enhanced price that is with paddy power they have other great props and uh, other bets up on their websites and great offers of course do use the land page that we will be tweeting out helps bounce a little bit of money back to the oti podcast helps fund us bounces a little bit of money back and uh, is greatly appreciated for your support and hopefully as well can uh, win you a little bit of cash So enough plug enough shameless promotion. Let's get straight into Super Bowl talk. Let's get Ted Sundquist on the show. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend?
0: It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview
1: well the intro does say every NFL game coming up this weekend we do know there is only one game this weekend and that is the Super Bowl and I am delighted now to be joined on the show by Ted Sunquist, former general manager of the Denver Broncos was with them from 02 to 08 was with the team a lot lot longer than that through his scouting roles and so on was with them when they won the back-to-back Super Bowls with current general manager John Elway as their quarterback but uh, it's gonna be fun talking about the Super Bowl with you now and uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us
0: yeah, I appreciate uh, you having me on Overtime Ireland, and it's, uh, it's great. It's an exciting time here in Denver, certainly with the Broncos back in the big game, and um, certainly a lot of great memories for me. You mentioned the the two back-to-backs in 97 and 98.
1: Yeah, you're obviously still in the the Colorado area, and you know there must be a, a huge buzz going around the area at the moment for the team. But just with uh, the way Peyton played this season, with um, you know, just you know, obviously it's clear that his game has declined. Is there still the same amount of buzz backed around uh, the team's chances of winning it, or um, that people are confident?
0: Well, you know that that's a that's an interesting uh, uh, question. I think the buzz is just as big because the fans here. They love their Broncos, yeah. and regardless if it's the team from two years ago that had that juggernaut offense and it seemed like nobody could stop, or if it's a team like uh, they had this year, which has really relied heavily on the play of their defense, which I think has been very opportunistic. In fact, early in the season, won a few games with you know pick sixes yeah. and timely um, fumble recoveries. It doesn't really matter to the, to the fans. I mean, they're, they're just as excited and. and optimistic that their team's going to win. I think the big difference in this uh Super Bowl 50 and going back to Super Bowl 48 is the amount of experience and the understanding uh, that the players have of that you know of that opportunity that they let kind of slip through their hands against the Seahawks. Um i am told by a lot of the media that's representing the Denver area that's there in San Francisco now, much more business-like approach, much more focus from the players, you know, really not letting the outside um, uh, hoopla, I guess you could put it, uh, get in the way, you know, trying to get the ticket requests and all those things, getting that done and put to the side and really focusing on preparation for the game.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that the more times you're there that the more it'll help you. You mentioned things like ticket requests and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, with the first week obviously I'd imagine they got most of that this time done in the first week rather than letting it simmer into Super Bowl week and into this stage of the game. So um, uh, Maybe things like that do help them going forward. You mentioned there a moment ago about how they got blown out by the Seahawks two years ago and you know that was a, an offensive juggernaut. How the team has been uh, redeveloped now into the best defense in the league. Uh, obviously you have huge experience as GM off the, off the the team, off the Denver Broncos but if you're looking at what John Elway has done since two seasons ago when he's seen the team who we all thought were going to go in there and beat the Seahawks uh, you know, going with the firepower and he said oh wait a minute, we need to uh, get this team strong defensively. He's really attacked free agency and that's something that you were really known for was attacking free agency, getting those trades done, getting those free agents and he's done it in a way where he hasn't had to give up a lot, he hasn't had to give, give out huge, huge contracts, got players unlike DeMarcus, where to Tlaib and so on, and uh, this defense has uh, really been transformed. In that two-year span, uh, you have to be impressed with how quickly he has turned that around.
0: Well, absolutely, and again, um, you know, I think he's I think he's built it using the foundation that the Broncos have always, yeah, uh, you know, felt was important um, defense. I think, you know, offensively, they kind of stumbled into, you know, the the... the, the Demaryius Thomas had already been drafted. Yeah. Uh, there were a number of players on the offensive unit that, from two years ago that had been rollovers from the Josh McDaniel era, but they, but they were able to add Peyton Manning. And when you put Peyton Manning into that mix, it's, it's like having another offensive coordinator on the field. And, yeah. and Peyton certainly in the two years' time there due to injury, due to age, you know his skills aren't quite what they were, and we'll all admit that. But he's got that... Um, you know, he's got that sixth sense that when he gets to the line of scrimmage of what the defense is going to do, and so he still does a really good job, I think, of getting them in, in the right place, but I think John felt like, hey, you know, to really, um, to really capture a Super Bowl, um, we couldn't slow down that Seahawk offense. Uh, as good as we were on offense, our defense was not um, capable of slowing down Seattle's offense, and so you're exactly right. I think he went about it over the course of the last two seasons trying to find guys um, that were kind of in uh, the mold of the of the players that we had back in 97 and 98 you go look at a guy like TJ Ward yeah. at safety who comes over from the Cleveland Browns and uh, I mean good gosh TJ hadn't won any games in Cleveland for a number <laughs> of years but but a but a but an impact player you know and I think in his I would I would assume in John's mind he's going, okay, there's Steve Atwater right there. Yeah. And, you know, the chance to bring in a, a Keeb Tlaib um, through free agency as well. You know, we brought in um, Ray Crockett, who had been with the Detroit Lions for yeah. a number of years and really not a lot of success there, but a chance, you know, to um, to compete for a Super Bowl championship. And so he's been – I think he's been really smart in the manner in which he's gone about picking the various people that he's added uh through free agency like you said you mentioned demarcus Ware. Yeah. i was on a tv show earlier today and we talked about not only the play that demarcus has brought but the leadership yeah, that he's shown yeah. on that defensive side and then with the draft you know he drafts roby at corner he's got um you know shane ray this last year yeah. who's a nice compliment to von miller who he drafted in his very first draft and um is just, I think, put the pieces together on the defensive side really well using all his opportunity, whether it's free agency, the draft, trades, those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you're happy to see the way he's developing because there's a lot of teams. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and although I love the way they draft and develop, sometimes you just wish they would dip their toe into that free agency pool a little bit more. But John Elway doing a terrific job there. On the other side, we have the Denver or the Carolina Panthers, rather, and their defense. I think the key to this here is uh, can. The the offensive line of the Broncos protect Manning for long enough in this one because uh, it's just going to be. I think that's the key. uh, If the offense of the Broncos can't get going, it's going to be a long day for them. The Carolina Panthers defense has been sensational this season and in the playoffs, but you know statistically, the Broncos still the better side. Which side would you, on a one off game, give the edge to?
0: Yeah, on the defensive side. I tell you what, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Denver to dent Carolina's defense. I think that's the big difference maker here. I think both defenses are very opportunistic. I think Denver gets a lot of credit because of the sacks, but I think Carolina on the other side, their pressure leads to turnovers. Denver's been um, more apt to turn the football over this season when Peyton Manning's been under center than they have in the past. And if Carolina plays their game, and I've, I've, you know, I've waited for them, because they are a little bit of a younger football team, less experienced in reaching it to this particular point in the season, obviously. Um, I've been waiting for them to kind of maybe slip, slip and yeah. show their immaturity, and they haven't done it. I mean, they certainly Arizona had to go out, and Carolina hosted that NFC championship, but they dismantled an Arizona team led by Carson Palmer in a very, very good defense with a veteran coach and a veteran coaching staff they made them look silly. And, um, you know, so the question is, can they take that show on the road all the way across the country to San Francisco and do the same thing? I'm liking their chances. I I, I really am. And I think, um, you know, Carolina, uh, with the pressure that they bring and the players that they've got over there, and I know some people question their secondary a little bit, the Peyton's not one necessarily nowadays to stretch the field, yeah. you know, multiple times. He may try to get you, you know, suck you up maybe uh, 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 in play action and get you once or twice downfield. Um, but by and large, that Carolina Panther uh, defense locks down on those short routes and makes it very tough. And that linebacker undercoverage is as good as there is in the league with Keekley and Davis and those guys. Um that uh, it's going to be it's going to be very very interesting to see where the big plays will come or if they come and so I've got to lean with Carolina's defense over uh, Denver's offense right
1: now. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. You also mentioned the linebackers. You mentioned Thomas Davis. Looks like he is going to suit up anyway, going to be in the lineup to start this game uh, with that broken arm that was just surgically surgically repaired less than a week and a half ago, so we'll see how that holds up during the game, but all things go for him to play. Uh, you mentioned the secondary as well, guys like Kurt Coleman in there, and you know, there was a lot of people talking before that Cardinals game that he was a real weak link and he comes away with two interceptions and in that's so- so, you know, there is weak links in this team, but they're still pretty pretty good players, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Another key to this game, and I think it'll be how Cam goes if uh, the Denver Broncos defense can really lock down on him on the run game. But I think a key in that is trying to, you know, have a little bit of pause between Miller and Ware when they're rushing the quarterback, trying to stop the run as well. So there'll be a bit of that read option going on between him and Jonathan Stewart, and... I do think if uh, you know if they can get just a little bit of doubt in Von Miller's mind, um, you know we've seen this year. I thought the best job this year was against JJ Watt when the the Chiefs actually played them in the playoffs and starting that game they'd done it for a few read options and then Watt didn't know if he was coming or going, whether he should be rushing all the way downfield or if he should be waiting to stop the run. So I think if the the Panthers could get a bit of that kind of play action and uh, you know read option going early on, I think that could really slow down this Broncos pass rush a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. Uh Kansas City going in with Alex Smith and those guys and being able to run that read option against the aggressive Texans defense that likes to just get after the passer. Yep. Um you're exactly right. And I think that, you know, I I again, um on a on a earlier television show this week here in Denver was speaking about um you know, the patience level that Ware and Miller are both going to have to show. And they're so adept at that first step quickness and yep. then trying to just get upfield.
1: That was the key you it, New England, yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that, you know, that read option will have will slow them down. And if not, if Carolina gets that running game going because they're so intent on rushing the passer, especially on first down because Cam and the Panthers like to throw a lot on first down, um if they mix it up over on the Carolina side offensively and throw a little bit of read in there on first down, um, you know, I, 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 it's, it's going to be really hard stopping Carolina because they've got, I think, more weapons than just Cam. I think, you know, Certainly Greg Olson at tight end, that's a big one. People don't give him enough credit, I think, at the wide receiver position. Ted Ginn, Jr., I know he hasn't had a lot of receptions, but a quarter of them have been for touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Jericho Cotchery is an older guy as well, but a really good third-down guy, a guy that um, they find in third-down situa- situations and makes the clutch catch. And then in Brown and Funchess, you've got two young receivers that combine for 62 receptions. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, um, you know, there's some guys for him to throw to. And and, and as well as Denver can can be, when it comes to locking down on all these various weapons that we're talking about, the one thing they still have to account for is Cam tucking the ball and taking off for 18, 19 yards. Yeah. So um, it, it's just it's a tall, tall order, and, um, you know, certainly I think one Denver, Denver is capable of doing, but it's just, you know, I, again... About the only team that I saw slow them down this year was Atlanta, and I'm not sure Carolina's heart was really in it, and it was probably good for them to lose that game, in my opinion, because it uh – It showed them that they were human and and that you got
1: to play your best every game. Yeah, that game kind of refocused them a little bit. You mentioned there a lot of points, and, you know, they don't have that one star wide receiver, the, you know, your number one wide receiver, but they have lots of different types of wide receivers. So it's very hard to game plan to say, oh, we're going to stop the deep ball with Ted Ginn. But then you have the short underneath work, as you mentioned with Brown. You took one of those to the house in the last game against the Cardinals. There's just so many different options. Then you have, as you mentioned, Greg Olson. Um, So it's going to be hard, I find, to. For the Broncos to stop every single way that they have gone forward and then match what they do uh, on offense as well. Just everything that I've talked about on the last couple of shows leading up to this point, it's very hard to look past the Panthers actually going and win this game. I think it could be closer than people expect, but I do think uh, with the way the Panthers have played the last uh, two games, even if they drop that level down 10-15%, I still think they'll probably hit around the 25-point the mark. So, uh, you know, you're still getting up there and you're still going to have a good chance to win the game and what should be a low-scoring one. Um, you know, you're leading into Super Bowl week now. We're heading... Uh, very, very close to the game, obviously. You've been around the teams while they're at the Super Bowl. The, at this stage, uh, the nerves around the players, does it just depend on what players are involved or uh, how they manage it individually?
0: Yeah, but I think, that the, I think both teams are very cognizant of uh, their schedules and how they prepare the guys. I think, yeah, you know, as we get closer to the game, some of the younger guys are going to get a little bit more nervous. I, I, the guy that I think is going to be the most nervous until the first snap is probably Peyton Manning, and he's yeah. been around longer than any like of that. them. Uh, yeah. You know, with with the knowledge that this could very well be his last game in the back of his mind as he steps out on there, um, he's the type of guy that puts a lot of pressure on himself and, has, and expects, you know, probably the most from himself than any other person out on that football field. But the great thing about both sides is that, you know, certainly in Denver this staff has been to Super Bowls before. Gary Kubiak has never been a head coach in a Super Bowl. But has coached, you know, coached uh, one with San Francisco, and then had the two as uh, the offensive coordinator when we were there in uh, in Denver in '97, '98, and then of course, obviously backing up John Elway in the in the '80s. Uh, you go over to Ron Rivera, and he's, you know, on that great Bears team of '85. Yeah. So I think the staffs they fully understand, um, you know, the importance of remaining focused and making sure that you set that schedule during the week to give the guys some time to kind of enjoy the moment but at the same time to make sure that they are focused on what they went there for and that is one last football game and it's not to you know be fooling around at night and doing this that and the <laughs> other and you saw you know you've you've seen already uh, you know a rookie uh, practice squad player yeah, gets on so Denver side that's sent home and yeah. Um so you know that stuff can happen and it remind me you know back to 98 when Eugene Robinson the night before the game against Atlanta ran into a similar incident so
1: You always have to keep your head screwed on. You should be thinking about the big game at that point. But, um, you know, media week, it used to be media day. It's now media week. And uh, with the the players, uh, you could see kind of on Wednesday that they were starting to get tired of getting Cam Newton said, I can only answer the same question so many different ways. And, uh, you know, the the Panthers have held their practice schedule to the same routine as a normal uh, regular season week. But uh, all that talking to the media, it, it seems to be starting to get a little bit irritating because obviously the media haven't come up with any new questions
0: yeah it can be and it, and it is a dream that you know i think media day maybe media two days would be great <laughs> but unfortunately the game has become such so a iconic event not only in the states but worldwide that you know media from all over is now coming and they want their opportunity to sit down one on one and and you know have their chance for um their representatives to ask the questions and and it does get draining. It it, it gets it, it it becomes not only uh, mentally tiresome but physically tiresome. And so I think that uh, both sides. I know Patrick Smythe is the PR director here in Denver, a young guy that uh, was with the Broncos when I was there. Uh, he was schooled by one of the best, and I'm sure he's working close with uh, Coach Kubiak uh, to make sure that you know all the scheduling is done and they get that stuff you know over and out as as quickly as possible. But uh, you know the league. Um, it's it's one of those situations or scenarios where you're kind of suffering your own uh, um, your own situation that you've created. You know yeah, your own popularity. Yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's probably the best word. Uh, and the more popular it gets, the more people want to be uh, you know be around the players and and talk to the players. And um, you just got to find a way to handle it right.
1: Yeah, and obviously whoever comes away with that uh, Lombardi trophy won't be too concerned about how many questions they'd answer at <laughs> No, Media.
0: not at all, yeah. not at all.
1: Two, to finish up, uh, find uh, a prediction for the game. Which way you lean in. Sounds like uh, your heart probably wants the uh, Denver Broncos, but your head might be leaning you towards the Carolina Panthers.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I got <laughs> I, I, They asked me the same question today, and I... And I said, look, I know the fans of Denver aren't going to like this, but uh, you know, I, like I said, I've been waiting all year for Carolina to slip up and show some immaturity. I know the, you know, I know the style of their game and the way they, you know, they celebrate and seem to enjoy, you know, how the season has gone bugs a lot of traditionalists who feel like you should be a little bit more businesslike. Um, but I tell you, they they've held true and they have been they dismantled two very good football teams in the playoffs um, in Seattle and Arizona. And um, it's hard for me to see Ron Rivera, a a veteran coach slash player, who understands the enormity of the moment. And their general manager, Dave Gettleman, who was with us in Denver um, for a number of years uh, and was also with the Buffalo Bills over those years that they went four straight times, that those two veteran guys in the front office and on the coaching staff won't have their football team focused. And so as I look at it, it's just going back to what we were talking about, it's hard for me to see um, Carolina's offense falling that far because Denver's defense is so good. And yet on the other side, I see a very close, maybe second, but by a nose Carolina defense that – you know is clearly i think uh, above the bar on Denver's offense and so as i look at it right now yeah i i see uh, probably a 31 to 20 outcome uh, carolina being able to put some points up i think the x factor could be ted ginn junior on a special uh, special teams play maybe a return for a touchdown or a big play that you know shifts some momentum in the field
1: position yeah yeah. So I kind of agree with you there. When you're talking through that, it's very, very hard to uh, deny any of it. You know, you talk about everyone's talking about Pitt and Manning and his arm strength and so on. And uh, over the over the course of the playoffs, you know. Two touchdowns in the last two games, passing-wise, and 398 yards over two games. And I think he's going to need a lot more than that to, to beat this Panthers team. And I guess uh, we'll see if he produces it with the bye week in between. Uh, so I'm leading the same way. I have the Carolina Panthers winning. Don't think I have it as high-scoring as you, but uh, you know it could well get that way going on how the Panthers have done over the last couple of weeks. Final question is, uh, you know, players retiring? A lot of rumours going around this week that Calvin Johnson is contemplating retirement, that he's actually told the, the Detroit Lions that he plans to retire, but at this moment in time he hasn't announced it, so I'm not calling it official. Uh, have you ever had a player, I'm sure you've had a number of players, but a player of that high profile of stature thinking, you know, contemplating retirement at that point in time, and uh, were you able to talk him out of it, or did he walk away eventually?
0: Oh, you know, that's a great question because I've dealt with a lot of veteran players yeah. over the course of years and trying to figure out a way. You know, I, I would I would say this, it would probably be the, the closest one would probably be, be Jake Plummer and it was a situ- it was certainly the situation when um, we drafted Jake Cutler, Jay was brought in to really be Jake's backup. There was some disagreement but you know, within the staff and 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 Jay was put ahead of Jake Plummer. And at the end of the season, uh, the organization was going to move forward as Jake Cutler was the starter. And, and Mike Shanahan, who was the head coach and executive vice president, decided that we would trade Jake Plummer to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and Jake told me, don't, don't trade me because I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. And if you trade me, I will not report. I'll just retire. So it wasn't necessarily my player, but I guess it was my player. Yeah. And... Um, and Jake hung it up after nine years. And, and I thought he'd had a fantastic career both in Arizona, you know, running around for his life most of the time, but then coming to Denver and taking us to three straight years in the playoffs and, you know, in his career, culminating in probably statistically his best career ever in 2005 and taking us all the way to the AFC Championship game and then being upset by the Steelers at Mile High Stadium. Yeah. Well, the following year. Um, was his last year of football, and who would have known? Because I thought that that, that Jake had, you know, really settled down in our system and was, uh, you know, all, the best was uh, still ahead of him. And, and he decided, hey, I, you know, if you trade me to Tampa Bay, then I'll just call it a career. So that's probably the best analogy that I can have with regards to Calvin Johnson. But I can understand Calvin Johnson's situation, you know. I mean, he's gone through a lot of coaching staffs and, you know, a lot of front office changes. Hasn't been the playoffs with him. Yeah, exactly, and, you know, your body starts telling you stuff, and when your mind and your body aren't matching up, and his mind's saying, I don't know if I have it anymore, um, you know, it it probably is time for him to uh, just press on with whatever life brings him, which I think will be great things.
1: Yeah, I think once you have that thought in your mind that maybe it is time, it probably is time, because it's a game that if your heart's not in it, you're more than likely going to get injured. He's had a couple injuries over the last few years. Maybe they were more severe than everyone has realised. But since he came into the league, he was at the end of just before the new rookie wage structure came in, and he's made a lot of money. So you might have looked at the bank account, felt his knees, and thought uh, maybe it's time to move on to the next chapter. We'll see what happens with Kelvin, uh, one of the, the best wide receivers of the last decade. But Ted, it's been a lot of fun having you on. Really looking forward to the Super Bowl this week. Um, you'll either get your heart's decision or your head's decision, one way or the other. I'm sure you'll be happy with the result. And um, just uh, to finish up, have you anything that you want to give a quick plug to? I know you're running the footballeducator.com. Anything else that you want to give uh, some plugs to the listeners?
0: Well, just uh, footballeducator.com. Certainly, we've got the draft coming up, and there'll be a lot of good stuff there. If yep. you want to cover, you know, look at some of the coverage on the, the young college prospects coming up for the 2016 draft. And then certainly you can follow me on Twitter at Ted underscore Sundquist, S-U-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. And certainly that's where um, Overtime Ireland and I have uh, connected. So um, it's always great to, to talk to fans from all over the world uh, about, uh, about football and, you know, to get your opinions and, uh, and to exchange thoughts and ideas. So really appreciate the opportunity. Hi, I'm Matt Williamson, and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland Podcast.
1: So with the Super Bowl only days away, um, I'm going to have one more podcast for you to enjoy, and I'll be joined. Later in the week, by Azarati, the mock commentator. I'm sure lots of you enjoyed when he was on the show previously, uh, about maybe two months ago, but he's gone on from strength to strength. His YouTube videos and Facebook videos going through the roof with his mock commentary. I know a lot of them are uh, explicit language. That show will be an explicit show. But um, hopefully, it's one that you can look forward to. It'll be coming out on Saturday more than likely, and uh, it'll be something for you to tune into just uh, prior to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, give you a few giggles listening to it and enjoy that one. Just want to give a quick plug again to the competition coming up this week on our Twitter feed. That is with footballamerica.co.uk. Check that out. There's two prizes, so there's two chances to win. And obviously, the more you enter, the more chances you will have to win in that competition. Each retweet will count as one entry, and then the winners will be picked after the Super Bowl. Well, maybe a day after the Super Bowl because I'm planning on having a few uh, beverages over over the, the Super Bowl game and prior to it, probably after it. So uh, maybe the podcast next week and the announcement of those winners may be a little bit delayed for that recap show, but uh, I promise you there will be two winners. So get involved in that at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Also be sure and get involved in that Paddy Power offer I mentioned earlier, 4-1 on the Carolina Panthers. Any of the uh, enhanced odds we've run with them uh, over the last season and a half, we've won. We had a 12-1 special when we had, I think it was four or five favourites to win um, probably week two or three with them and uh, everyone cashed in on that one so maybe you can all cash in if you fancy the Panthers get involved with that offer the best way if you're listening to this later in the week Friday, Saturday, Sunday find it on our Twitter handle at Overtime Ireland again always the best way to find out what's going on with the show always plug the iTunes give us a comment and written on there um, I'm trying to get all the plugs in before I sign off but the Super Bowl coming up I'm really looking forward to it I know all the listeners are looking forward to it too the Panthers fans will be very excited as will the Broncos fans getting ready for this one when your team's in the Super Bowl always a very very special special occasion it only can fall right for one team unfortunately and um, we'll see who that is after this sunday's game so everyone have a good time enjoy the beverages enjoy the food eat some chicken wings eat some pizza enjoy it all hot dogs burgers all the good things that go with the football keep drinking the beers keep them chilled so until i'm back after the big game's over it will be mid next week i would imagine Um, and until then when i'm back of course have a good one